0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Outcomes. I'm your host, Barrett King. and With me today is, as I always say, a special guest, but a truly special guest. Rob here is the uh, Director of Strategic Partnerships at Saleskin. But what's cool about it is I've known Rob for a long time. We've had a relationship through a uh, mutual in kind of intersection of our careers years back. We've stayed in touch. I consider him a mentor, a friend, a guide in all things partnerships. And so a truly special guest today. Welcome to the show, Rob. Yeah. Thanks, Barrett. I
1: appreciate it. And I always enjoy our chats. So I am super pumped to be here and let's, let's just have a chat about partnerships and all the fun things that we've talked about and learned about over the years.
0: I love it, man. Yeah. We, we actually have had a version of this conversation, I'm sure probably a hundred times, but with the show, yes, you know, we're going to get into the details of it today, right? So we're going to get into like the kind of nitty yeah. gritty of it. I'm going to ask you the first question that I always start off with, which is what does partnerships mean to you? And you said it's about efficient growth, do you want to change it, modify it? Floor is yours.
1: No, yeah, I think that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, direct channels are getting more and more pressure. Um, their efficiencies are going on a downward slope on a continuous trajectory. And then, you know, partnerships have always been efficient to a degree, but you know, the technology and the the dollars that are going into it are making it even better, more efficient, more uh quicker to 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 realize value. And and what I mean by that is like. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it took HubSpot, what, seven years by the time it got to 40% of its net new ARR through the channel. You know, those expectations have completely changed. Boards are like, okay, so in a year, 18 months, you're going to be at that, right? Like, right? You're going to, your channel is going to be producing 40% of our revenue, right? <laughs> like, that's a huge difference. So that's what I'm talking about. It's like efficiency is, is the, the overlay on top of a go to market and it produces durable businesses. And that's what I, that's how I like bringing value to a company.
0: So what's cool about that? I love that you talked about the durability component because I think, and you're right, I, I talk to a lot of folks that say things like, how fast can you get there and what's the quickest ROI? And I think speed is important, but longevity, sustainability, and the integrity of having something that is sturdy. Makes all the difference, especially when you're talking about, like you just did, early VC or, you know, kind of that early board stage where you're getting input from so many of their stakeholders toward your growth trajectory. For for listeners' sake, everyone, so you're aware, Rob's done this five times. He's been the founding, you know, kind of initial, if you will, hire and really the leader of how do you build a program that scales, it's durable, it's effective, which is why I'm excited to talk to you today, my friend. So um, let's do that real quickly. So you've done this five times. What mm-hmm. is it about starting off that gets you so jazzed? Because you do that intentionally. Like it didn't just happen. You're seeking out opportunities to be first boots on the ground, you know, build from the ground up, leader of these programs. So what about that framework, that timeline, that stage of sophistication is so interesting to you?
1: Yeah, and it, it did kind of just sort of happen. I, You know, so not all of this was intentional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, things were, I, I had very, uh, very, really great, bosses and other managers and CEOs that sort of put me into those positions, just, just seeing how, you know, you got some skill sets that you could talk to technical, but you like talking to sales, but you can sort of speak the speak and, and, and interface between the two. Why don't you do partners? So I've had pushes and nudges and I've fell into things, but ultimately why this is so interesting is because you get to lay the frown the, the foundations and the framework and sure. it's the place where you learn. <laughs> and I want to learn. I want to always learn. I want to get in there and try a new experience. And that's what's really, really uh, satisfying, right? But you get to go in there and uh, tackle some pretty big challenges and do things in a way that um, requires you to really have a wonderful view of the business. So um, what I think I start to gravitate towards and so on, and I think the other people in this position is when you're the first hire, a lot of times you'll, you'll be pressured to go in and go. I'm telling you, we have so many partners lined up for you, Rob. You just got to go in and execute. And here's the number one tip I can provide. Don't go in and take at face value what others are saying about what partnerships you have, what success you're going to have, what you're going to see, what you should do. Take the time. If you have the time, do it quickly, but take the time to truly understand every aspect of the business. When I, mean, when I say that, I mean the core economics, the unit economics of the business. I don't know how many times I've gone off. I've done this. I've gone and built a program because they're like, just go do this. This is the way we're going to do it. We need to. And I go off and do it and it totally ends up being the wrong thing for the company. You go down a path and everybody spent this time and energy and where did you get right? I built one program where I, it was the number one producing channel. It brought in millions in in revenue. Problem was it all turned out. It had the highest churn rate. It wasn't the right fit. So my first thing always is go in and understand the unit economics and I think that's what partner managers are really good at doing. Leaders go in and you have to really truly understand the business from all sides of the uh, of the customer journey. I mean partnerships are a, a, a full context for you 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 are partnerships can influence every part of the customer journey, success, you know, inbound, outbound, every sales, everything, marketing, and I think as a, as a good uh, leader, you need to get in there and really understand those things. And I can give you some pr- very specific examples about where I've gone wrong I- in that and what I've learned to do that. So, um, but you have to do that because at the end of the day, you got to pressure test the things you're hearing. So, Hey guys, great. I hear this. That sounds amazing. Let me just understand the business and the unit economics. And let me see if that pressure test uh, holds up. Against what you're telling me. So, for example, I've been in a situation where I'm going to the company, it's like, we must do this strategic alliance, go. And so I start to look at the unit economics, and that strategic alliance is really geared towards like top of the funnel and inbound. And I look at the unit economics, and It's like, we've got an amazing inbound funnel. Like, it, it's producing so well. Let's take a look at the success side. Success, ah, you know what? We've got like 50% tension. It's not great. It's not looking good. But when I look at, look into it further, the customers that have three or more integrations are renewing at 96%. Hmm. And those same customers are, have an ACV 3X higher than somebody that doesn't have an integration. They use the products 4X higher and they have an LTV 4X higher. I said, do we want to add 5% to this amazing inbound funnel? Or do we want to fix retention by 20%? What's going to produce a more durable business, right? Yeah, to your point. The unit economics. So that's a case where it was like, wait a minute, we maybe we shouldn't go down that path. Maybe we should actually focus on partnerships in the success part of the journey that's really struggling.
0: Yeah. And. Well, that's interesting, yeah. though. because So what's interesting about it the, is this idea of taking a step back and looking at the holistic approach of how partnerships fits into the go-to-market. And it's uh, we started on this kind of topic a little bit, but I, I want to dig in. There's a lot of folks that say, come here and build me a world-class partner program. But the mechanisms toward what levers to pull, and more specifically to your point, the efficacy of where by pulling those you can drive impact – is fundamental. Categorically, if you don't actually spend time understanding the business going in, I mean, I, I hear you here, then you're setting yourself up to fail because you're just going mm-hmm. to be an operator that pulls a lever. You're like a, um, picturing a slot machine. Like you're sitting there just pulling the lever over and over again and hoping that you get the right, whatever it is, three cherries or something. I don't, I don't know. I know I've seen that before somewhere. <laughs> so like it, that, that sort exactly. of you know, like mechanized, almost robotic approach, I know I have to imagine folks that are listening right now are thinking as I was, I, I assume so, like, okay, I get that, Rob, right? I understand this idea of looking at the economics and figuring out where I fit in. I've got two questions that immediately come top of mind. One is, you know, probably where do I get the educational background on that? And I would say, like, go and read some books, go and try, go and listen to your mm-hmm. leaders, you know, do it at the own company you're at right now before you take a leap and learn from those around you. The part that I want to ask your feedback on is if I look at this and I say, like, your example, right? They want me to go and source net new. They think net new is the way of the future and yet I know that the impact I can drive there is not as significant as perhaps they're maybe expecting or, or assuming. How do you navigate that conversation? You're not hired yet, or maybe you've, you've already signed on the dotted line and now you're dealing with it. But how do you in those early days navigate this idea of the, the directing? Directing them to say, let's actually not focus here on net new, let's focus on retention, expansion, and the stickiness index, if you will, of our customer, because we actually get a better ROI from partnerships at that end right now. And I would imagine, Mm -hmm. I'll actually phrase a question here, that in today's market, right? So for those listening, this is, um, it's like the end of April, 2023. The market's kind of interesting. It's a little bit all over the place. Folks are talking a lot about customer retention in particular in SaaS, so maybe you'd have attention today because you talk about the thing they care about, but mm-hmm. let's just anonymize and say, how do you take your knowledge, right? Your observations you've just described to me and make it actionable enough and compelling enough that the operators that are running this business say, Rob's right. I should go and focus on partner impact on customer versus net new.
1: Yeah. I- that's a, an amazing question. And until I had the opportunity to actually sit on a senior leadership team, I probably wouldn't be able to answer that. But having sat through that, having sat through those kind of conversations and so on, um, you do, it is a function of time and impact. That's a lot of decisions are made on a function of time and impact. And um, overall tying those time and impact uh, outcomes to the overall goals of the company. So as long as you have a very good, clear understanding, as long as the company has a good, clear understanding of its Uh, core unit economics, what the goals are, what you're trying to achieve. Um, I, I I always picture it as like, where, where as the new person coming in and introducing a new motion into a go to market, where can I have impact the fastest?